0: Praise the Lord, uh, church, such a joy to gather together and magnify Jesus um,
1: and the songs that we sang. Um, God is always there and he's the power that's blowing and he's the power that's sustaining us. And I uh, want to thank Pastor the way he started off with the wave and today happens to be um, a very special day in the calendar of the church and let me share this
0: screen to tell you why um, just give me a minute as i organize this uh, slide yes thank you today is the birthday of the church and so let me begin by telling happy birthday to the church,
1: uh, and today is the Pentecost Sunday, uh, um, remembered throughout the world. And, and uh, six weeks after Jesus rose again and and uh, went to ascended to heaven, and uh, the, this a special phenomena that swept the planet spiritually speaking in the realms, and then came down and touched uh, the earth, and that's the day the church was born. So today is our day. And so you can, you can uh, smile and thank God for this day. We remember the mighty things that God has been doing for the past 2,000 years. We are part of this history and not just the history of the church. We are part of this movement, the Pentecost movement. And so I would like to underline certain features uh, of this day and certain features uh, of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and even a burden and a challenge for us as a church we cannot pass by we are in the wave and i pray that we will flow in the wave of the holy spirit and look at how the holy spirit of god visited us it was like a mighty rushing wind 2000 years ago it was something that they did not expect they did not know how the spirit of god would come but jesus said and i think it is luke 24:49: you stay in jerusalem till you are clothed with power from on high, you wait and something supernatural will come upon the church, come upon the 120. It's amazing to see how the spirit of God visited. And the first word, if you look at Acts chapter two, when the church, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 50 days had fully come, they were all together in one accord in one place, one accord in one place. There's, whenever there's oneness, whenever there is one mind and one accord, That's the place God chooses. We host the presence of God when there is oneness and one accord. When there is disunity and discord, the spirit of God does not move. And that was the crisis in the Corinthian church that Paul was addressing. Verse 2, and suddenly, look at that word suddenly, we have no control over the move of God. No one can fathom him. His ways are untraceable. Only thing that we got to do as human beings is we yield to the Holy Spirit of God. The moment you control the Holy Spirit, you become God. We don't believe that. And no wonder as a church, we, 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 we yield ourselves to the Spirit. We, we, we ask Him to move the way He wants. And I pray that this day we, and henceforth, we will, we will give ourselves to the suddenly surprises of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. And He came, look at that, He came with a sound. From heaven and like a rushing mighty wind, there was wind. Look at, the, look at the synonyms, the pictures, the allusions that are there about the Holy Spirit of God to understand in limited human mind, there was that rushing wind, there was that suddenly moment, there was the sound of God filled the house. You see, it was not a, not a grand architectural piece of, 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 of worth. No, it was a house. They got kicked out of the temple. For, for, for almost a couple of thousands of years, they were meeting in the temple. But now the church, 120, had no space in the temple. They had no musical instruments. They did not have the Davidic choir. They did not have all the, 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 the holy place and the most holy place and, the, and all the elements of the tabernacle and the temple were not there. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were the ones who killed Jesus Christ. They, they, they orchestrated. They, they came up with the game to criminalize him. And this is the church that are there, an upper room. In a room, the Spirit of God came. Look at that. The first time the, the Lord Jesus came, it was in, in a small house in Bethlehem. The first time the Spirit of God comes, it's not in a gigantic structure, but in a house. The way we began the service and the way pastor said, make your home a sanctuary. I pray that make your home a holy sanctuary where there'll be a visitation of the mighty wind of God. Amen. Amen. Let there be the wave of the Holy Spirit. I believe you can call me all the names. You can tell me I'm out of my mind. You can say, but I'm believing. I'm believing that our homes in this lockdown will have an unusual move of the Holy Spirit. This is how God designed it. It was not a surprise for God, but for human element, yes, it was a surprise. Fill the house where they were sitting. They were sitting as much as we are sitting and waiting. God, what to do? God redefined my life. God do something about the second wave and third wave, fourth wave and this, that and the other. Let's pray for the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow, the wave of the Holy Spirit to blow. And let's believe that as a church, we've been underlining, emphasizing, praying, knocking at the door of heaven, but wait for the suddenly moment. Don't give up on the things of God. God's timeline are different from the way we think. Hold on to it. The day and the hour he knows. The moments he knows, no wonder Moses prayed, teach me to number my days and give me a heart of wisdom so that I will live a life that is right. May God grant us that as we commence and begin this, this, this Sunday to hear his word. May the word of God grip verse 3 and verse 4. And they appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire. You have the wind, you have the wave, you have the, you have, you have the fire. Look at the pictures of the Holy Spirit of God on day one and sat on each one of them unilaterally. There was no gender bias. There was a unique phenomenon that took place in the early church in the room. Children and parents alike, the elderly, everyone together, they begin to wait and the Spirit of God did not, did not have his compartments but just moved tongues of fire sat on each one and something got activated, verse 4, and they all were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God filled the room and filled them. The Spirit of God filled the room and filled them and they begin to speak in tongues, glossolalia. Glossolalia is other tongues, other languages, Language has got a communion. It is a source. It's a medium of communication between two entities. As much as again, pastor mentioned in the beginning, let there be the spirit to spirit communication, spirit to spirit engagement. Let there be mysteries of God. This is our birthright as a church. This is not what we didn't pay for it. As much as you yield yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, this is what the Lord has ordained for you. And for your children and for your household, we're going to go to that verse. And I pray something will be activated in the early church. The tongue was activated. The tongue began to speak words of life. Today, we have more than India. They claim to have more than 700 news channels. 700 or 900, I don't know. Every day, you just imagine around 700 news channels trying to say something. But we have a news channel from the Holy Ghost, a supernatural channel right in our heart and proceeds forth from the tongue. So that we can speak life and the ministry of God. That is our mandate as a church. We are of a different kingdom. We are passing through. We are like exiles and sojourners. Our message is different. Our talk is different. Our walk is different. That is why we are a different church. That's why we have the mandate of the Holy Ghost. And we fear that. We will stand for it to the very end. We will preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will preach the cross of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation I pray that not just we as preachers not just we as pastors but every family every little child today I pray children you are listening sitting down I pray the spirit of God will come upon you I pray the spirit of God will ignite you with passion the same wind that moved 2000 years ago I've seen in my own life we can testify in multiple various sundry ways how God has done great things I pray it will revisit us in the darkest Time of our life, the darkness will turn and gloom will turn. That this wave will be replaced by the wave of God in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. They begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. It was, it was a chemistry of the Holy Spirit, it was the science of the Holy Spirit, which does not touch the human mind. No wonder when the Spirit of God moves. It could be a rural place, a tribal place, a prison or a parliament or a palace. It could be any dark dungeon. When the Spirit of God moves, He does something supernatural. No matter what age you are, no matter who you are, no matter what gender you are, no matter how, how lowly or how highly you think of yourself, when the Spirit of God comes, He bypasses human agenda. And that's what we believe. And I pray that 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 move will happen in amazing grace, A.G. Church. I pray that many will rise. I pray that many in the next, next season, there will be such an operation of the Holy Spirit of God unprecedented.
0: Does anybody dream that way? We are there as history makers. We have limited time. How many times, you know,
1: every day we are hearing. In fact, yesterday, pastors passing away. Parents passing away. Age bracket is reduced right now. Those in the 40s were are Now 30s. We have limited time. I pray that I will have only single affections. Let's not have multiple affections in this earth. There's no time for that. Let's have one single-minded affection that Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 6. Pray ye this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be the, thy kingdom come.
0: Thy will be done. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go down. I know Sunday school is, is, is uh, taking a small vacation break. I hope children are watching this.
1: For all the children, I just want you to take this word. This is that. I know it's very fascinating, but if you want to remember the sermon, just title it this way. This is that. What is this is that? When well, the Spirit of God came in Acts chapter 2, there was a confusion among the public. They said they are drunk. They're too excited about it. There was confusion prevailing, and Peter comes out. And Peter says in Acts chapter 2, verse 16, just imagine, imagine, imagine this. Peter comes out, sees the phenomenon in the upper room, comes out to the public, and he's able to raise his mind to a prophecy which is 800 years old. I don't know how in the world he's able to do that except by the Holy Spirit. He's able to connect an event, an episode that just took place And the spirit of God is able to program his mind and say, this is that. Probably the Jews were familiar. I don't know if he had gone on and opened the text of Joel and read the prophecy. And suddenly he begins to
0: compare two events and says, this is that which was prophesied. By prophet Joel. And I pray that when God begins
1: to move our promises that we prayed on Saturday, on Sunday, on Monday, on Wednesday, on missions prayer, and every format of prayer that the church has been having, when God begins to move, I pray that we'll be able to compare two events and say, this is that which we prayed for. This is that when somebody came out of the hospital, when somebody got saved, when your mother got saved, when something happened in the church calendar, we are able to take two texts and say, this is that which was prophesied. This is that which we have prayed for. Prayer has got a unique potential to cross the boundary of time and wait for you in the future. So don't give up on prayer. Don't give up on the prophetic utterances. Don't give up on the word of God because it has has got a potential to transcend the boundaries of time. And so much so here in this context, Peter rises up and says, This is that. What is this? Is that spoken by Prophet Joel? This is what he said in the last days. Never in our history we are able to say these words as much as we say now. These are the last days. God said, yes, we see the gloom. We see the doom. We see the destruction, but don't forget the calendar of God. Don't forget the good news from heaven. Don't forget our promise for the church. We might be a minority, a remnant, but the remnant, the root will come. The shoot will bud and blossom. The things, the fruits will just go around. Believe the promise. It might baffle your mind, but God is at work unseen, discreet ways, much beyond our vision and gaze. God is on the throne. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people, your sons and daughters. I pray that our Sunday school department will have an unusual move that they never had before. I pray that it will transcend beyond all the human orchestrations. I pray that more than all they learn from the school and the money that we throw to educational institutions, I pray that there will be an unprecedented move on our children. Why not? This is for our sons and daughters. They will prophesy. They will utter words in mysterious ways that is beyond human intellect. Your young men will see visions and dreams. I pray that this day I pray there'll be a challenge. I'm challenging you as a Christian. I'm challenging you. You've been part of the church for many years. I pray that your your, spiritual acumen, the antenna of the Holy Ghost will stretch out and you will be be receptive to things of the spirit. We need to graduate from being a baby Christian, drinking milk. Has not God called you? Has not the anointing remained in you? How long will we say we need to ask thoughtful questions to say, why Lord am I like this? Why Lord no gifts of the Holy Spirit? Why am I am I trampling this way? Why I take two steps forward and move back three steps? Lord, may I move in the supernatural. Lord, visions and dreams. There is the ministry of visions and dreams. There is the ministry of the supernatural. May we pursue the things of God. Even on my servants, even on my maid servants, men servants, I will pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. What is prophecy? Activation of your tongue for God's. Glory for God's comfort, for God's edification, for the edification of the church. You speak words of life. That is prophecy. Uttering God's word in present tense is prophecy. You take your phone, you call up somebody and you share the gospel is prophecy. When you go and pray a prayer and the spirit of God activates you and gives you a picture, a vision is prophecy. Let me move in that. We need words of life. May God give us the grace to do so. This is that. This is that. If Peter could say after 800 years, this has come upon and we receive this by faith. And the day the Spirit of God moved, there was an unusual occurrence of salvation. 3,000 got saved. I pray that we will desire that. Amen. Let the Spirit of God, the wind and the wave of God move in our homes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Three ministries of the Holy Spirit of God. Three ministries of the Holy Spirit of God. Many times we think Holy Spirit of God is tongue, other tongues. Speaking in tongues, I become loud, I'll fall. There'll be emotionalism. I'll make a fool of myself. Oh my, in 20 years of ministry, I've seen such powerful more of the Holy Spirit. I don't think we need to lock the Spirit of God up with some phenomena. No, there are some more serious ministries of the Holy Spirit of God that we need Him to do so and work And not limit his working. Please do not put the Holy Spirit of God in a box. We are not greater than than the Holy Spirit of God. We are tiny. Don't grieve him. He is gentle Holy Spirit. Understand him as a person. He wants to minister to you more than any WhatsApp message. He wants to talk to you. He wants to deal with you. three ministries of the Holy Spirit. If you say, I desire a closer walk with the Holy Spirit, I desire a closer walk with God. You see, Spirit of God does not show himself off. He reveals the words of Jesus and brings glory to God. He wants to hide. He doesn't want to project. Anybody with the anointing and the power of God are trying to usurp and trying to move forward and and, and make a big show of themselves. It's not the Holy Spirit of God, no. It's a spirit of humility. The spirit of God covers Himself; you don't even see Him. And when He comes, He glorifies Jesus. He doesn't glorify Himself. And I want to highlight three ministries of the Holy Spirit. When you say, "I want to get close to God," and I want to walk in the Pentecostal power, I want I want to have a I want to have a genuine, genuine walk with Him. What will you experience as far as the ministry of the Holy Spirit is concerned? I'm sticking to Second Corinthians chapter three as the base, and then let's uh, let's spread it around and see and uh, learn about his ministries and apply it in our own life point number one
0: the spirit of God touches human hearts more than touching your tongue yes I believe in that we believe in that
1: more than touching the exterior and and there is the convulsion so to speak or kinesthetics or the movements and 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 all those you know so-called they they classify this as aberrations sorry More than that, on the exterior, the Spirit of God is interested in touching human hearts. And look at how Paul puts this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Those days when a traveling minister would go, he needs letters of recommendations from all the dignitaries and the big guys. Paul says, no, I don't have those letters. And I don't have to prove to you that I'm an apostle. I'm not carrying big, big recommendation letters and pictures and Facebook posts. No, I don't carry all that. And he begins to argue about his ministry, trying to say that this ministry that I'm doing is a new covenant, covenant ministry in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says this ministry is marked with a different mark of God. And then he expounds that by trying to say, verse 2. You yourselves are a letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. Do you know that you yourself, everyone listening here, you're a letter that people see. You're a letter that people read. You are a letter. You're a letter that other people gaze on. Your your mindset, your life, your words, your actions, your deeds, your walk, your talk is measured and read by people. I pray when they read that, they will read What the Spirit of God has written over your life. Verse 3. You show that you are a letter from Christ. You are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry. Written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. The Spirit of the living God is in the business of writing something inside you. Where does he write? Not tablets of stone, but tablets of human heart. He's comparing the way Moses received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai in, in, in Exodus chapter 19-20 and how the finger of God wrote the, the, the law. And he compares the New Testament ministry and trying to say when we are born again, when we live our Christian life, when we walk with Christ, there is that inner inscription of the Holy Spirit on your heart. The business of the Holy Spirit is to deal with the matters of the heart. More than the exterior, the Spirit of God works on the interior of your life, and that He does not bypass your will. Listen to this very, very carefully. The greatest hindrance for the Holy Spirit of God to work in your life or in my life is me, myself. It's my will, it's my self will. It's called carnal mind. It's called ego. Psychology glorifies this sometimes as as good self-esteem. Nothing. Here We, we, we let our God down. I abase myself so that the Spirit of God can have access to every compartment of my life because he writes something so deep into my heart. Let me, let me, let me, by writing this, Paul begins to 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 bring that this is that. I want to get on to two passages in the Old Testament that highlight this writing of the Spirit of God. Let's go down. God's finger had written the law. I think I mentioned that And God's Spirit is now inscribed divine life in our hearts. Two passages. One is in Jeremiah and one is in Ezekiel. This should put us on the front foot when it comes to fighting these grace gospel preachers. Listen to this very carefully. When the Spirit of God comes, when there is new covenant ministry, what happens? A new covenant, that is Jeremiah 31, verse 31. This covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time. I will put my laws in their mind. You see the laws in their mind. The Spirit of God does not dish the law of Christ or the law of the Spirit. Yes, Mosaic law. Yes, the ceremonial laws, they are out. But the moral law of God in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit does not change. And what does the Spirit of God do? He begins to work in my mind and in my heart to underline and inscribe and write the laws of God. What does the Spirit of God do? Move me to obey. Nothing fascinating. I can jump a lot. I can scream and shout, but the inner working of the Holy Spirit moves me to obey him. That is the highest function that the Spirit of God is trying to do. Remove the egoistic, proudful, hateful, heinous, heinous, what do you say, heinous attitude in my mind, arrogance in my mind. Remove that so that I will be more obedient. It's very simple. Nothing fancy about it. When the Spirit of God comes, my mind is regenerated. My heart is worked upon so that I will be more obedient. So that I won't be disobedient. No arrogance there. No rebellion there. No pride there. Yes, Lord. I serve you, Lord. I obey you, Lord. I will follow. That's the attitude that we have when the Spirit of God moves. Let's read it again. I'll put my law in their mind. I'll write it on their heart. The Spirit of God is about inner working. The I just want to bring in and probably highlight it again. When the spirit of God comes, there will be meekness. That's one of the fruit of the spirit. And I think I've not heard much on meekness. You know, what is meekness? Dear friends,
0: meekness is power to become weak. Another sense, the power
1: that doesn't mind in operating in weakness. Jesus He did not say I'm superstar. In fact, he never went on to say I am God. Jesus did not say I'm a prayer warrior. Jesus did not say I'm a good preacher. Jesus did not say invite me. I will do supernatural miracles. When it comes to his identity, one time he said, I think in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, 29. I am meek. I'm humble. Wow. Look at his ID card. His CV. I am meek. The spirit of God, when he comes upon you, you are powerful to become weak to say, yes, Lord, I surrender, Lord. I will be their God and they will be my people in obedience. They will listen to me. They will follow me. They will know me. Look at the next verse in 34. They will know the Lord, the spirit of God. It leans towards communion and not flesh works. The primary purpose of the Holy Spirit of God in you. Every Sunday we receive the benediction. What does it say? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father. When it comes to the third person, it says communion and fellowship of the Holy Ghost. That's the inner working of the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God longs not for a power show, but for communion. I don't know whether you had this experience. Let me tell you my experience. When you lie on the bed, Some of you, some of you relate to this. When you're there alone, sitting on a chair, when you're walking up and down, somewhere in your spirit, there is that talk, Lord, I love you. Lord, I want to serve you. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Lord, I thank you for life. Worship is spontaneous. It's not orchestrated. It's not fabricated. You don't have to do anything. You just sit down. How many times in the kitchen you are able to worship? Right in the moments of difficulty, you are able to worship. How is that possible? Unless and until there is that communion with God. How could, Paul say, pray without ceasing. Is it possible, humanly speaking? No, but when it's spirit to spirit that transcends all the elocution and all the human performances, it goes beyond that realm and there is that communion. Long for that communion. David was a king with all the affairs of the palace and administration, yet he says, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. Yes, we are working. Yes, we have responsibility, but let this transcend beyond that to know God. Gnosis, epignosis, knowledge that comes through personal experience. Where If I want to know my wife, Sunita, I don't have to go to Google and search what does Sunita like for lunch Sunday afternoon on Pentecost Day. I don't have to do that. I know her for the last 19 years. May we get to know God? It's not about, yes, thank God for books, thank God for academia, thank God for scholarship. Yes, I'm blessed by that. I believe in that. But when it comes to the spirit of God, there's a transition about all that. There's a transcendence where you and God come to. That's
0: the new covenant. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Look at another prophetic word that was fulfilled. Ezekiel 36:26, A classic verse. In verse 26, you have new spirit with yes. In small letter. In 27, you have the spirit, S, in capitals.
1: A new spirit means new attitude, new mindset, new thought life. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 is happening there. This is, the, these prophets were able to see the new things of God long time when they were locked up in Babylon, when they were in the exile stage and, and, and they being oppressed in the dark days. They were longing for this new, they prophesied. This is that, Paul says. I will give you a new heart. Wow. And a new spirit. Wow. I'll remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. What do you mean by that? Heart of stone is rebellious heart. You can have all the miracles in Egypt 10, in wilderness 10, but with a rebellious and a stony heart, they miss the promise of God. Can I tell you something? It might not taste very well. We can have all the miracles. We can have all the prophecies. We can be part of a good church. We can listen to Moses after Moses, Joshua after Joshua. You can see the clatter, events of God, the, the billows of smoke on the mountain. But yet, if your heart has not changed, we will never reach the promised land. We can have all the good messages. You can be part of all the Christian activities. But if there is no heart change, forget about it. this. Gospel does not work. This is not about giving that extra goosebumps. This is not about having a good Sunday and going. It's an ongoing discipleship till the Lord comes because God is in the business of trying to do something on my inner life. Sunday after Sunday, I come and I I, I do all these Christian things, but my heart is not changed. I'm still angry. I'm given to lust and immorality. My sexual life is messed up. I'm given to all kinds of evil. I tell you, it's dangerous, my dear friend.
0: The spirit of God is in the business of dealing with the matters of the heart. I hope we are open to it. I hope
1: that that is be our trust in 2021. Let the junk get burnt. If one virus can come and reorganize and rearrange our biology system for our detriment, one invisible virus. The other day one research scientist came and did a presentation and he showed us how this virus operates and showed us the loop inside invisible loop, one kind of flowery loop. It goes and, and rearranges. It just goes and malfunctions the whole system. I'm speaking on that derogatory manner. Let me put it on the positive. If one agency of the Holy Spirit of God can come into your life, don't you think there'll be a radical transformation? If my heart, that's the business of God. Verse 27, I will put my, oh my, my spirit, Numbers chapter 11, if I'm not wrong, God says I will take the spirit from Moses and I will put them into 70 70 leaders, elders in Israel so that they will lead. Look at what God says now. I will put my, my spirit on you. And my spirit will move you much beyond the shaking and the clapping and the singing and the tongues. Yes, we believe in that. No doubt about it. But move you to follow. Wow. You will pursue after the commands of God. You will pursue after the things of the Spirit. You will crucify the flesh. You will make your body a slave so that you will not be disqualified after you preach the gospel to others. You will crucify the flesh and and give the members of your body and surrender them to the work of Christ. The Spirit of God moves you to obey. When you sit in front of a program, the Spirit of God will convict you, shut it down. Some relationship, shut it down. Some things in your life, sever it. Move you to obey my laws. And look at that word, careful. A warning, careful. Don't let your guard down careful. This is the work of the Holy Spirit of God. I, you know, you know to, 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 to put it in, a, put it in a, a computer age or a mobile age illustration, the Spirit of God is in the process of giving notifications every time. You know the buzz, you know the beep, you know, you have 25 apps. All the 25 apps have got, have got the facility to give you notifications. You can get notifications, beeps, no one can control that. You get all the time. When your mind is baptized in the Holy Ghost, you get spiritual notifications written by the Spirit of God. Do this, don't do this, go there, don't go there. This is the time to pray. No, this is not A, a word, a vision, a wisdom, a knowledge, a longing. This is the work of the Holy Spirit of God. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Do not shut down the notifications of the Holy Spirit because the enemy sends notification like like those missiles that came there in the Middle East. And the missiles are there to steal, kill and destroy you. Grow in the notifications of the Holy Ghost. Listen to him. Respond to his notifications. Move in the direction. That's why I've been listening when it comes to the book of Romans. That's the new attitude. And the Spirit... New spirit in you and the spirit of God in you are in total communion, amalgamation, intertwining
0: that's happening. May God give us the grace. Our heart is deceitful. Dark and deceitful. You know what I mean by deceitful?
1: We can cheat ourselves. No one needs to cheat us. The greatest deception is not devil's deception. It is self-deception. (laughs) <laughs> no wonder if you have some verses in the Bible it says, do not be deceived that is no one is deceiving you you deceive yourself I deceive myself and heart is, heart is in that category who can understand it look at, look at the way it is a question who can understand it no one can understand it I the Lord examine the heart examine L- look at, look, put it in scientific language examine the heart put it on a microscope and examine I the Lord examine the Spirit of God does CT scanning He scans for viruses that we don't even know. Because anytime you have a virus called sin, it leads on to death.
0: For the wages of sin is death. I remember one line our pastor preached. Sin is a good paymaster. How many of you remember that line? Yeah, you
1: remember that? Let me see some thumbs up, please. Let's have some activity at least. Sin is a good paymaster. I think that was in the book of Romans. I was thoroughly blessed with those those chapters on Romans. Get them, study them. Who can understand the deceptiveness of the heart? Only the Holy Spirit of God. You disengage in prayer. You disengage your word. Deception creeps like gangrene. We are gone. We are doomed. We lose the promises. Christian life becomes lethargic. It becomes drudgery. It becomes that I-O feeling. Should I get up and pray? You got to need the impetus of the Holy Ghost to scan the deceptions of life. And so that my heart is intertuned to receive. My heart is a receptor of the things of God. I don't want to clog it with the darkness of this world. May God give us grace so that we will not fall into the trap of self-deception. Your eyes become blind. Your ears become deaf. When God begins to speak, you become so hard-hearted. And the Spirit of God comes. Embrace the working of the Holy Spirit. Embrace the move of the Holy Spirit. When you do that, there are certain things. The dead cells in your heart come back to life. They begin to get that breathing. They are revived again. Just like that. That CPR is administered. The breath of God comes in. Something happens to your heart. This is our problem. We keep covering up and covering up. We keep putting mask after mask. And you know what the Spirit of God does as a trans- uh, transition to the second point. Look at the working of the Holy Spirit of God. Romans chapter 2, 29. No a man is Jew if he's one inwardly. Circumcision is the circumcision of the heart by the Spirit. What is the blade that the Holy Spirit chooses to circumcise? Circumcision involves cutting of the foreskin. Cutting off of the flesh, cutting off of ego, of carnality, of pride. The Spirit of God is in the business of operation, surgery. He uses the divine blade called the Word of God. Ephesians 6:18. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Every time you listen to God's word, there is some cutting that's happening. No wonder in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, on the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached, 3,000 people were cut to the heart. The word of God has got the potential to sever, to circumcise, to cut that which is of the flesh and cut. They are sinful. It might look, sound like an old school gospel, but this is the working of the Holy Spirit of God. After the end of the sermon, why do we have prayer? So that we will come. You see, there's a distance between the pulpit and the pew in our churches. And I will tell you why. There's a distance between the where the preacher preaches. The preacher always preaches behind the pulpit and the pew is there. The gap between that symbolic to God's working with you. When you come to an altar call, there is nobody. There's not a preacher, you and God. The dealings of God should not be interfered and interrupted by human agency. That's why the blade of the Holy Spirit strikes you. You come to God. You yield yourself to God. There should be that room after the end of the sermon. Because these are the workings of the Holy Spirit. We are not come here for a high-sounding message. We are not come here for vocal and verbal gymnastics. We don't want all those high-sounding. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the words of the Holy
0: Spirit. We need the cutting of the heart. May God do that in me. Amen. We are not come here with report cards. That message is
1: good. This message is good. That talk is good. This slide is good. No, this goes beyond that. May the Spirit of God do that right now. In the preaching right now, when the word goes forth, let it go like a a divine sword and a blade. Looking at the viruses in my heart. That's when a generation will change. That's when our youngsters will catch a vision and a dream. That's when we have many people from our church sent forth. Sent forth apostolically. Sent forth as evangelists. Sent forth with a mandate. We don't have much time. Let me go to the second point. First ministry, the Spirit of God touches human hearts. Secondly, the Spirit gives life. He imputes life. He breeds life. In fact, the meaning of Ru and the Old Testament. I didn't put this
0: document, but uh, there is a writer. uh, His name is Jack Levison. He wrote a book on the Holy Spirit, The Boundless Love. Hanik
1: brings up all the refer to the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And, and out of all the, the numbers that you have on for blessing and for covenant and for Torah. The Holy Spirit of God gets them mentioned 389 times. Prominently mentioned in the Old Testament. Not the New Testament. The meaning of Ruah is breath.
0: Is life. Wind. An agency that moves. The life-giving breath of God. Ruah. The Spirit of God brings life. What's the opposite of life?
1: Death. What are we hearing today? We're hearing a lot of
0: news of death and gloom. It's very grim. Look at this verse as 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 Paul says. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. He has made us competent,
1: fitted us with necessary skill competency to accomplish certain tasks. You're fitted, you're given the necessary skills to accomplish as ministers of the new covenant. What is this, the, the necessary component for
0: comp- competence here? He says, not of the letter, but of the spirit. Our competency is not of the letter,
1: is not of the written code. Now here it's alluding to Mosaic 10. Commandments that came in Exodus 32. He says. The letter of the spirit. The letter kills. On the day the law was given. In Exodus 32. 3000 people died. But the spirit gives life. The day the Holy Spirit came. On the day of Pentecost. 3000 people came to life. Moved from darkness and death. To life. In Jesus Christ.
0: Now. I want to bring in a very, very strong truth here. A couple of minutes, as I share this, the spirit gives life. The spirit gives life, agency of life. The flesh counts for nothing.
1: Carnality counts for nothing. Self will counts for nothing. The more we operate in our flesh, it is nothing. It's but a show. It's like a air in the
0: bubble. You punch it, it's gone. It is fleeting. The words I speak to you, they are full of the spirit and life. I want us to do a very, very small exercise. Can I ask you to hold your palm before your mouth and just speak spirit. You know what came out first? Spirit. Breath came. When there are words that come from your mouth, it's accompanied with a breath,
1: vibrations that is sound, and the word that carries a meaning. I'm going to come to that. But what came out of your mouth is breath. What came from your mouth is breath. The Spirit, listen to this, people of God, whenever a word proceeds from your mouth, if it's a word from God, if it's a word from, the, from his word, the Bible, every time there's a righteous, holy, godly word that proceeds from your mouth, there is a legal right that you give to the spirit to attach to that word. And that word goes forth as an agency of life or death. Let me simplify it. Whenever you utter a word, There is a spirit agency that accompanies the word. I was in in Montreal. I was preaching together with my friend, Pastor Robert Roy. I finished preaching. uh, A a person manifested in the congregation. Yelling and screaming. There was a demonic manifestation. Finished the preaching and said an amen. They they moved the person to the side room. And and they asked uh, me to come and pray for the person who was possessed. And I'm just taking this example just to emphasize the power of word. So what I'm here, and then there's a group of members in the church, they're they are praying. I mean, not that, not that just I'm ministering, no. the other members of the church, they're praying. And I come here, I look to this I mean, everything is haywire. She's, um, you know, what, whatever, whatever you can see the manifestations. I don't want to describe on that. It was not, not nice. It was not nice on the person. So I look to the person and I say, in the name of Jesus. What did I do? In the name of Jesus, you demon, come out. You have no authority over this person. I rebuke you. You come out. What did I do? I released words. Right in a minute or so, after we minister deliverance, the person was okay. Something left. You can see some other agency leaving, the evil spirit leaving. But what, what happened when I say Jesus? What happens when I begin to recite God's word? What I hap- What happens when I take God's word on me? Is it Luke 10, 19? I've given you authority over snakes and scorpions and over all the powers of the... What happens when I say that? When I say that in my English grammar, the, the four words in the name of Jesus, the five-letter word, what happens is when it comes forth from my mouth, there is the power of the Holy Ghost. That gives... That, 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 my word becomes the carrier of that power. And the Spirit of God gets the legitimate rights over that word because His life And then the spirit of God, full of life. The words that I speak to you, they are accompanied with the power of the spirit to give life. Reverse that. When you speak ugly, bad, foul, demonic language, you give rights to the enemy, the evil spirit, foul spirit, dark spirit. They latch on the word and operate. You will die. You will die. You will die. It'll play in your mind. Go build strongholds in your mind. Now, when you come on a Sunday, you preach God's word and you begin to text to the pastor. Pastor, thank you for a good message. Pastor, I feel... What happened in that context? When the word came, it was accompanied by the agency of the Holy Ghost. That is the power that the believer has. That's the power you have. When the spirit of God comes on you and you're going to put your hands together and you're just going to sit down, it's not going to take the kingdom forward. And I'll tell you how to... The, the, the way that we are helping the demonic kingdom is to shut our mouth. If you want to serve the devil's kingdom, very simple. Don't even open your mouth and speak the gospel. No wonder every Sunday there's a thrust in our church. One of, the, one of the founding points of our church is evangelism. What do you mean by evangelism? Carry the good news. Open your mouth and declare the good news. It's not your word. It's not which university you studied. It's not whether you have a certificate. It's the word that comes from the heart. It proceeds. It accompanies the power of the spirit. You can have a stammering tongue. So many pastors, I know, don't don't have all that high sounding qualification, academia. But when they stand to preach, some pastors stammer. Yes, there is all the grammatical mistakes. But what is the secret? The secret is this. The spirit gives life. The words that I speak to you. are spirit and life. Speak the word. Dear church. Don't be scared of speaking the word. When you speak the word, it's not you. It's not your sound. It's not your tone, your rhyme, your rhythm, your meter. It's not all your phrases. It's not your eloquence. It's not your superior wisdom. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 2. That's when you release the word, you give
0: give room to the Holy Ghost to take that word, to carry that word with life. Demons will flee. The sick
1: will be healed. The depressed will receive life. The dead will be born again. There will be peace in the house. So don't give up praying. Don't give up reciting the verses. Because when you speak, you speak life. Same way, don't speak foul language. Because when you give room to foul language, even in your televisions, if you can believe that a good Christian program can be a blessing in the house, how much more are you tuning into wrong programs? It'll cause confusion in the house because sounds called vibrations. They they give room, legal room to the enemy to operate. We got to be careful on that. Praise the
0: Lord! I need to move on. There's the value of dry bones. We all know the story in Ezekiel 37. The prophet has a vision. He's taken to a valley where there's full of dead and dry bones. Today we see that. The Lord asks him to prophesy. So I prophesy as he commanded, and the breath came into them. You
1: see, I prophesied, I opened my mouth, and I uttered the word in, in, in the utterance of the word. The breath of God accompanied the word. Both went as partners together, and they went into the body. They lived. Let us be a church that preaches life. May you be the person who preached life. Don't ever cringe when you get an opportunity to preach the gospel. It is not you. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that goes forth and brings life. You see that.
0: You see how the power of God works. Man shall not live by bread,
1: but man shall live by breath. You know why? When the word of God proceeds from the mouth, look at look at how what a classic verse that is. Luke 4:4. Man shall not live by bread alone, yes, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth. Because when it comes from the mouth, it is accompanied with breath. When God speaks to you, there is life, the the, the life-giving breath that sweeps over you. May God do that today in your life. As you are listening, may dead things come back to life. May things that are dried up in your family, I don't know what the enemy is like to you. I don't know you have that fear, that depression. I don't know what it is that's running. This cannot be done. That cannot be done. My family, my marriage, my situation, my money, my job. In the name of Jesus, let there be a turnaround. Let there be the touch of God in your life. The words that we preach, we may not be eloquent people. We may be a small church. We are growing, but we have a heart for the gospel. We want the fire of God to work. We want every family so that we ignited with this fire. Every Sunday after you're charged up, go ahead and call some 10 people. These are the days people are so down. They need a prayer. Call and pray by the power of the Holy Ghost. Pray that he will fill you. Type a message. Do something. Send a word. Let it go as life. Amen. Don't allow this wave to pass by. Move in the wave of the Holy Ghost. Let the Spirit of God come upon you. Let your home change. Begin to speak differently. Radical, radical change in the way that you speak. I will put my Spirit in you and you will live. Invite the Holy Spirit of God. He is the agency of life. Speak the Spirit of God. If you know somebody in the hospital, call them and say, I speak life in the name of Jesus. Speak. What is there? What are you going to lose? What are you going to lose? People are waiting for all the the right kind of medications to come. They're outsourcing it. It's going in the black and the white and the gray, whatnot. Go ahead and speak. Go ahead and say, make a fool of yourself. No problem, but send forth the word of life. Know my English, know my this. How many excuses you want to give? Most of us have got fantastic education. Some of you have come out in flying colors. Some of you have got fantastic jobs. God has never, never taken the job out of you. But just go out outside and see. People are smelling death every day. Be a source of life. On this Pentecost Sunday, I challenge you. Peter was unschooled and untrained. But something happened to him in that upper room. He came out and began to speak. Hide very, very few words. Not much, but look at the transformation. Maybe have those revisitations of that. May this be known as that. Uh, may God's word come to
0: life. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit transforms. Holy Spirit transforms. The word transform, we all know,
1: a nice word we learned in biology called metamorphosis. Meta means change, morpha means image. We change in our image. The image is changed. Not the exterior. Till date, I suffer a dandruff problem. I tried all the shampoos in major part of the world, but nothing happened to it. The Spirit of God does not change the exterior. Your hair will be the same, your height will be the same, your color will be the same. He's not in the business of exterior change. No, metamorphosis is inner life. I want to show you that from the scripture. Whenever you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit of God, doesn't mean that your finances should change, your house structure should change, your, your suddenly your fan will get, you'll get a different fan, nothing like that. The working of the Holy Spirit of God metamorphoses, the Spirit of God transforms us to become like Jesus. Let's get into this, understanding this. If you get this slide, I think
0: we're slowly closing on in the third ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. Second Corinthians 3, 12 to 18.
1: Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. And she's trying to say that this ministry is of a different kind. We're very bold and we're not like Moses. He says in verse 3, not like Moses. Moses would put on a veil. Put on a veil over his face so that to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance is fading away. I think I put something here. Let me see if I have a picture. Yeah. When when the law is read, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant is read, there is a veil over the face. I just want us to picture this very, very carefully. Very easy to understand the text if you get this picture. When a veil is covered or put on the face,
0: the mind is dull and the heart is covered. No matter how much you read, since your mind is dull
1: and your heart is covered, there is no transformation. Whenever you shut your mind, whenever you shut your heart, forget transformation. Pharisees, teachers of the law, knew where Jesus was born. They knew Micah chapter 5, verse 2. They knew the exact location. They were able to prophesy verbatim. But when Jesus came, no, they did not receive him. There was no transformation. If there's one class of people Jesus hated the most openly, showed his displeasure was Pharisees and teachers of because, because they both were covered. They were not willing to receive him as Messiah till date. Till date, the, the, the nation of Israel has only 2% Christians. 2%. If at all we need to pray for something about Israel, it's not, yes, may the war stop, but may they receive Yeshua Messiah. May they receive and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Their heart is covered. The mind is dull and heart is covered. Now keep that two two aspects in mind. Mind and heart. No matter how much you read, you read, you read, you read, you read. You know the Hebrew, you know the tense, you know the syntax, you know this and that. But without the Spirit of God, these two are dull and
0: darkened. No transformation. Knowledge only puffs up. Let's come down to this kind of ministry of the Holy Spirit.
1: But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains. When the old covenant is read, it has not been removed. Because only in Christ, it is taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, that's the Old Testament, the Torah is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. When you come to Jesus, In the workings of the Holy Spirit, something happens
0: in the realm of your mind and in your heart. What is there happening? Now we, with unveiled faces, we all reflect the Lord's glory. are
1: being transformed into His likeness. With ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit, we all reflect the Lord. The glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. The chief end of Christian destination
0: is conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. I underline again what Pastor often says become more like Jesus every day,
1: an inch. A millimeter, a centimeter progress is is just like a child grows. Child does not grow automatically, no. There is a significant milestone every season. Measure that milestone. The Holy Spirit of God's ministry in our life is not that we become arrogant, that we begin to show ourselves in laurels of what it's done. No, the highest ministry is conforming us to Christ's image. Where? In mind and in heart. I like worship. One of the blessings and benefits and mysteries of worship is this. You expose yourself and become vulnerable to God's glory. And God's glory hits you. We as human, we are human, we are tiny people. But we reflect the Lord's glory when we unveil ourselves. You know where we become more like him in our mind. No wonder Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, have the mindset of Christ. So in worship, when you lift your hands, when you see God and when you're talking about him and praising him and worshiping him, the glory of God hits you and transformation happens in the realm of your mind and in your heart because it's unveiled. Sin is uncovered. First Corinthians 14, 25, the unbeliever comes into your congregation and he sees you worshiping. He falls down and the sins of a secret sins are uncovered. He lays them bare and gets down and says, God is in this place. That's why worship is so precious, because you have a live (coughs) heavenly activity that's happening in your mind and in your heart. Don't cover it. If you want to cry, cry. You want to stand, stand. You want to kneel, kneel. You want to go flat, go flat. You want to lift your hands, do that. Let the glory of God shine on you. Let there be the transformation in your mind. The goal of worship there is transformation. It's not good singing. Thank God for music and song and rhyme and and choreography and all that. Our worship goes somewhere else. God is not a spectator in worship. In worship, the triune God engaged with us. As much as we want him to come, he comes. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That is the activity of God that's so precisely soaked in the spirit. Don't miss that every Sunday. Don't miss that. No wonder Paul could write so
0: much of the glories of the kingdom and worship right from the prison. May God give us grace to be transformed, to be like him. Where is the glory?
1: The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory. Whenever you preach the gospel, you stand for the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the radiance of God's glory. <clears throat> let me come down to verse 6. Excuse me, please. For God who
0: said, let light shine out of darkness. Made his light
1: shine in our hearts. You see that? The inner working of God is the heart. On the last day of your life, I'm quoting 1 Corinthians 4, 5. On the last day, on the Day of Judgment, God wants to uncover your heart as a display, please, peace to the whole world. He wants to show you and reward you for all the matters of your heart, not your achievements outside. He gets the glory for all the souls. He gets the glory for your house. He gets the glory for all the blessings he's given you. He gets, but you know what God wants to gaze upon, what God wants
0: to look upon and showcase about you? It's your heart. Heart is made up of three things. Attitudes.
1: Thoughts and motives. Let me reverse that M-A-T. Motives, attitudes, and thoughts. This is the definition, our Christian definition of heart. All my thoughts, my motives, my attitudes are going to be measured. There is a reward that's attached to this on the last day of judgment. These are the ones that's going to be opened up. And God is going to praise me or condemn me based on the matters of the heart. The gospel hits the heart. Let the light shine out of darkness. Made his light shine in our hearts. To give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus. Every time you come and seek his face, the, his, his gospel, his word, his face, it's a face to face. Transformation that happens. The more I look at him, I become like him. The more I gaze upon him, his gaze falls on me. May the radiance of God fall on you. May the radiance of God fall on our children. More than they gaze the silver screen, may they gaze the Savior's face. May we be more like him. Amen. The workings of the
0: Holy Spirit of God. May God give us the grace. I've got a long story, but I'll cut it short. May this gospel be preached. May we pray. I'll go ahead and I may we pray for this rushing wind
1: and the wave of God to come upon our church. Would you close your eyes right now wherever you are. Open your heart. on my heart, Lord, my mind. I want to move in my house. I want this rushing wind. I want to speak life, Lord. Pray, pray, pray. Pray, open your mouth and pray. Release words of life. Release words of life over your children right now. Over the church. Over us as a community of faith. Go ahead and pray. Breathe on me, O oh God. Breathe on me the fresh breath of the Holy Spirit. Breathe on me, O Master. Breathe on me. Breathe on me, O God. Your power, your strength. Breathe on me, Father. Now your strength, we need your anointing, we need your awakening, we need your transformation by the Spirit. We want to speak life where there is death. Oh God raise up a generation of fearless and baptized with the Holy Ghost. Can we lift our hands and pray? Lift your hands and pray. Give yourself to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let the veil be rent. Let the mask melt in the heat and the presence of God. Let God name be glorified and praised. Pray. Pray that dead things in your life, viruses, will be uncovered. The secret plans of the enemy will be uncovered. Let the presence of the Holy Spirit move like a rushing wind in your home. Let a new dispensation in our church begin where we give ourselves more to God and draw near to him. Let us be ignited with the fire. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh God, give us grace, I pray. Strengthen, oh Father. Trenton Ogil.